We left off last time I was here a few weeks ago, uh, chapter 2 and verse 16, if I have my notes correct. We had, we've gone through uh, most of the Lord's message to the church in Pergamos. He has, he has told them that he is the one that's writing unto them in verse 12. He tells them that he knows their works and that they, they do dwell where Satan's seat is. Uh, and we, we noted that, that historians have told us that, this, that they had built a large altar that looked like a throne of Zeus um, uh, in, in the city of Pergamos, but that they held fast his name and have not denied his faith, even in those days where in Tepus, his, uh, he was a faithful man, that, but he was martyred. He was, he was killed for his witness of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was slain there. He, did, he does have, he does start with uh, that they have done many, many wonderful things, but that he has a few things against them. They held, they had them that held the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel. And we, we noted also that, that, that uh, what that is, is to eat things sacrificed to idols. Not that we don't have the liberty to do so. For 1 Corinthians 8 teaches us that we do have the liberty to do so if it is not, if it will not harm our conscience. Uh, if, if we have issues against it, um, then, then we ought not to eat. That would, that would cause us to feel as if we had sinned. But Paul, Paul says if you, if you don't have that issue, then you feel free to do so, but don't do it in front of your brother that would have an issue with, with doing that very thing. These men clearly had an issue with it, but yet were being taught to do that very thing. They were being taught that, oh, this is part of how you worship, or we, yes, we worship the, the true God, but there are these other gods that we need to bring, bring their worship into our worship service. We need to make sure we worship all the gods and to commit fornication. You remember Balaam uh, uh, would not curse Israel. But Balak sent, uh, I believe he was the king of the Moabites, he sent Moabite, uh, Moabite women among the, Israel, among the Israelites and taught the Israelite men to commit fornication with these Moabite women. That, that was something that Balaam taught Balak to do, and it was part of what was being taught here at the church in Pergamos. And we did note that the church in Pergamos, it is not a... Uh, today, the church is taught as an, a universal, invisible group of believers. That is not how the term church is used in, in the scriptures. It is always a local, visible body. Here, it is a local, visible body in Pergamos. It is a local, visible body, such as the church in Coweta, speaking of this church, or, or the church in Choctaw, my, my home church. That, that would be uh, how it would be referenced. There was only one church in each of those cities. They weren't, there were, the Lord's people had not spread so abroad like it is today that we've got a church over here and a church over there and a, and a church over here. And even most of the, most of the places, I, I, I dare say, most of the places that utilize the term church are not New Testament churches. There, there, are, there are scriptures that teach what the New Testament church is, and most, most so-called churches do not fall into that category, one of which I've already mentioned is local, 
and visible. It is not uh, this body over here and this body over there and that body over there and they're all one church. One church is a local visible body. We continue, verse 15, So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which things I hate. The Nicolaitans, the people rulers or the people destroyers, they, this is where the idea that the clergy, the, the, the pastor, the deacons, the bishops, the, the, uh, which pastor and bishop, they're the same thing. Pastor uh, is, is, is one that oversees the flock. Bishop means overseer. That is, that is what a bishop or a pastor is. It is not uh, separate offices, if you will. Um, but the Nicolaitans sought to teach that uh, the clergy, those that held offices in the church, that they were over the layperson. They are not. We are, we are all but men. We are all, and even the women would be included in mankind. We, we are all, we all have one vote. We all, uh, there, may be, there may be elders, there may be people that understand the scriptures better than we do, but we're all the same. Uh, there's not one over the other. The pastor is not Lord of the church. The Lord is Lord of the church. He is the one that rules over each, each, each uh, uh, local visible body. But they taught that that was not the case. The Lord hated that. Why? Because they were usurping him as the Lord of the church. They were usurping him. No, the, the pastor the pastor saying, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Lord of the church, or the, the king of England saying that he's Lord of the church, usurping the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord hated that. He, does, he hates ideas as much as he hates men. He does hate wicked men. You read throughout the Psalms that that is the case. Here he also hates the ideas of men. Not only will the wicked perish, but the wicked's way will perish. You read, you read also in the Psalms, here is one of, the, one of the wicked ways that will perish. Verse 16, we pick up the reading. Repent, or else I will, I will come unto thee quickly, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. So here, remember, these are just as, just as the rest of the epistles are written to Christians. These people are already saved. They, they've, they've already been granted repentance unto life, not to be repented of. But here he tells them to repent. Now, what does that teach us? That we have things that we still need to, that we still need to repent of. Even when we've already been saved, we already, we've already been given the, the new man. We've already, the, the new man has already been put on, the new man that's created in righteousness and true holiness, we're told in Ephesians 4.24. There is still a battle that goes on. Paul talks about that battle. And if Paul has that battle, you and I have that battle. Romans chapter 7, he talks about that there's a war in his members. Uh, uh, he's battling his flesh. Yet that it is not him that sins. It is not our new man. We're told in 1 John that, the, that he that's born of God cannot sin. He cannot sin for the, uh, the, the Lord's seed remaineth in him. Our new man doesn't sin. He can't sin. He doesn't want to sin, and he never will. He's created in righteousness and true holiness. Paul says in Romans 7, It is not I that sins, but sin that dwells in me. Our old man is still there. He still sins. And it is, it is not our new man that sins. It is our old man. And there is a war that goes on. Therefore, we still have things that we need to change our mind on. We need, we need to walk 
walk more with the Lord. We need to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Once we're saved, it is, a, it is an ongoing battle until we shed this body, fighting with the flesh. It is something that we will always fight. It is something that, that will never go away completely. There are times in which we do not struggle. We do not struggle with, with the flesh. Romans chapter 8, there is victory over sin, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on this morning. There is victory over sin, and it is not through our power. It is not through what we do. It isn't through resolution. It isn't through uh, um, uh, making vows that I'm not going to do that anymore. It is through the Holy Spirit. It is through God. It is through God's power. It is the victory that the Lord gives. It is, what, it is always what God does. But these Christians here, the Lord admonishes them, encourages them to change their thinking. Change their, repent means to, change, to, to turn around, to change the mind, to, to, to turn your way of thinking. Or else, I will come unto thee quickly. He will come. He will come to them quickly. Notice what he will do. And I will fight against them. The Lord doesn't fight against his own people. He fights for his own people. He is going to fight against them that they have among them that teach the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, that hold the doctrine of Balaam. He's going to fight against them with the sword of his mouth. Now, what is he telling them to do? He's saying, you have unbelievers in your midst. Cast them out. Get them, they're, they're, they're holding unbelievers within, within the church, within the local body. They're keeping them on the church rolls. They're, th- they're thinking, oh, this is, they, they, I don't know what they're thinking. So you're about to get my opinion of what they might be thinking. Because man hasn't changed. Man's heart hasn't changed. We are the same way since the fall. We have always been the same since then. They're probably thinking, oh, they just, they, they just, they're just this far off. We, you know, just, we just need to keep them on the rolls a little bit longer. They'll, they'll fall into the right way of thinking. The Lord says, no, they won't. Cast them out. Get them, cast them out from among you. Now, why does Paul say uh, the man that's caught in adultery? Well, why does Paul say to cast him out? Cast him out, of, uh, cast him out that his flesh may be buffeted by Satan, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. It's for teaching. Now, he does then say in 2 Corinthians, bring him in. Bring him back in, lest he be swallowed up over much sorrow. That man had learned his lesson. That man had learned what he was doing wrong, sleeping with his mother-in-law. It was his father's. It was his father's wife, not his. And he and he was guilty of of uh, uh, fornication, or is it adultery? I can't remember. Either way, he wasn't guilty of incest because it wasn't his mother. It was his father's wife, his stepmother. He was guilty of uh, of, of fornication. She clearly wasn't. If she was a believer there would have been a a similar uh, exhortation for her being guilty of adultery. But she wasn't a believer. So not only was he he, uh, 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 fornicating with with an unbeliever, it was also his father's wife, his stepmother. Now, they're told here to repent, change your thinking. They, They have them among them that do not have... They're, they're not saved people. Cast them out. They may have made a profession of faith. They may, they may have come forward and men thought that they were saved. We don't know. 
who the elect are. None of us have an E on our forehead or an E on our stomach or an E on our back that says elect of God. We don't know who that is. But the Lord does. And the Lord here says that they're not, they're not, they're not of us. Cast them out. Repent. Change your way of thinking. And why I'll, I'll coin this the blessing of apostasy. Come to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 19. Apostasy, while we, while we may think, is a, is a horrible thing. We hate to see people that we care about apostatize, go away from the true teachings, deny the true teachings of Scripture. We hate that. It isn't something we, we, we uh, take great joy in. But God has his purpose. 1 John 2.19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they, that they might be made manifest, that they, who they are, may be made obvious that they were not all of us. Those that went out from us, from us, the blessings of apostasy. Those that went out from us, they are not truly of us. Those that, those that, leave, uh, those that leave the Lord, they were never truly of us. While, while we may, may have thought that. Remember the Lord in his uh, parable of the sower? Had four, four reactions to the word of God. The one doesn't want anything to do with it. Hard ground, it never, never seems to even take root. But there's, uh, there's two that appear to be good reactions. One that's in the shallow ground, that springs up early. And it's a, uh, we, we may rejoice, oh, another, another sheep has come home. But the Lord says that, that the, sun, the sun came up and scorched it, and that it withered, it withered away. In a short time, in a short time, they were made manifest, that they were not of us, that there's only one of those four has a true has a true uh, uh, conversion. Judas was one of those that fell in the shallow ground. To the, so much so that the other 11, when, when the Lord says, he that, he that dips with me, he, he it is that will betray me. And Judas dipped with him. And they are, they are confused. Well, it's... Can't, it can't, he must be speaking in metaphor. It, it was, the Lord made it clear. And he even said to Judas, what thou doest, do quickly. And they thought, oh, well, the Lord's just sending him out. He's, you know, he's got the money, so he's, he's going to go out and buy what we need for the feast. It's not what the Lord would. The Lord made it plain that Judas was the one who was betraying, going to betray him. But they, they were so... Well, no, Judas is like us. He's saved just like the rest of us. But he wasn't. We know that he wasn't. He had them fooled. But he went out from them, that it might be made manifest that he was never of them. He was never of us. He was never a saved man. He did not lose his salvation. Salvation cannot be lost. For then, then the Lord Christ's death would mean nothing. Salvation is purchased by the blood of Christ, and we come into an understanding of that later. And it is a, a wonderful thing that is taught there. Uh, second, second Corinthians. Will you turn, turn there, Second Corinthians chapter 6. 
And here, here is uh, the principle. The principle that is taught uh, that that the Lord is is uh, utilizing that the that the Lord is we're, we're taught here in Second Corinthians chapter six. Um, it's the one where does uh, uh, what fellowship does light have with darkness? Six fourteen, Second Corinthians. Okay, yeah. Be be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? They were of the darkness. Now, we may work with people that are in the darkness, but we don't have fellowship with them. We don't, we don't join hands and say, we're going we're gonna to worship God our own way, and you worship God in your way, and I worship God in His. We don't, we don't join hands and sing Kumbaya. We may be friends with those in the darkness. We may have family members that are in the darkness. We may love and care for them dearly, but there's no spiritual fellowship. We ought to not have spiritual fellowship with those in darkness. Those, those uh, pro, professed Christians that join with, with the Muslims and uh, the Orthodox Jews and say, hey, we, we all worship the same God. We ought not to have fellowship with those in darkness. Islam does not worship the same God. They have a Jesus. It's not the same Jesus. They have a God. It's not the triune God of Scripture. And the Jews, they deny, every, they deny all of the same things. They don't even have a Jesus. They think, they think Jesus was a maniac, not, not the Messiah. So here, the same thing that's taught there in 2 Corinthians 6.14, don't have fellowship with those in darkness, is the reason that the Lord tells His people don't have anything to do with them. Cast them out. Get them, get them out from among you, lest he comes to them and kills them. It is, it is a terrible thing. There will be much judgment that comes, comes, upon, uh, comes upon those that have been given so much light in the, in, the true, uh, in the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ. To whom much is given, much will be required. The one, the, the one who sits among the teaching of the Lord that, that does not believe, that refuses to heed the word of God. There is judgment that's heaped upon them. It's not something we intend to do. It's not something that we seek to do. But that, that is what happens when they're given so much light and nothing, and, and they deny it all when they're given so much of what the Scripture teaches and they deny it, there will, there will be further judgment that comes upon them, not only in the next life. For there is, uh, there is a judgment of their works in, in the next life. When, when, the, when the books are open, Revelation chapter 20, and they're judged out of what's found in those books, and we'll look at that a little bit later on this morning, but what, what the books there is, you know what the, how we get the term Bible? It's from a Greek term, biblia. The books. The books were opened. The Bible was opened. 66 books of the Bible were opened. And they were judged out of them. Were you, did you believe this? What about this? Did you, did you believe this? Okay, nope, nope. You, did you do that? Nope. Nothing. They are judged out of the books. God doesn't pick a, an arbitrary standard. He picks what he's revealed. He picks even, even 
based on the knowledge that they had. And they fail all of it. We would fail all of it also. But it also says at the end of that passage, and they that were not written in, in the book of life before the world began were cast into the lake of fire. That is the reason why you and I are saved. Why you and I will not have to go through that condemnation. There is no condemnation to those in Jesus Christ. Romans 8.1 The only reason that you and I don't have to go through that is because of what the Lord did on our behalf. We would be there. We would be under that condemnation. We would have that in our future if it wasn't for the Lord's blood shed on our behalf. We would be there. They, they, they will stand before God and, and be judged for all of their works. Now, we receive rewards based on our works, but we, our, works, our works are being judged now. There is not a future judgment of our works. And that, that is a wonderful hope that we have, an expectation, a wonderful, wonderful thing that we're taught in the Scriptures. We continue. Verse 17. That is the reason why the Lord, the Lord says to repent, change your way of thinking, get them out from the local body. They are not, uh, they are not actually of you. Cast them out, or he will come and destroy them with the sword of his mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that received it, receiveth it. So again, just as, just as during his earthly ministry, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. He that has been given an ear to hear. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, not only physically, but spiritually, the Lord is the maker of them both. The Lord makes the seeing eye and the hearing ear physically, but he also makes them spiritually. The physical pictures the spiritual. 1 Corinthians 15, 46, first that which is natural, then that which is spiritual. We, we understand spiritual truths by, by the natural truths, by the physical truths. That's the way God has ordered things. That's why so many, so many passages take what is physical to teach the spiritual. How, how is one born again? When does that happen? Well, where does the wind come from and where does it go? We don't know. We just see the effects of it. We don't know when somebody is born again. That person doesn't know when they're born again. They see the effect of it. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit, the Lord Jesus says in John 3. It isn't something that we, that we control it isn't something, this, the Holy Spirit of God isn't something we can harness. There aren't, there aren't words we can say, He works of His own accord. Not, not by our will, not by the will of man, not, not by the will of the flesh, First, uh, John chapter 1 says, but by the will of God. They were born of God, not, not, by, not based on anything that anybody else wanted or did. That's just, a, just one example. Uh, all of the members of your body fitly joined together is a picture of the local body. All of us, all of the local body, all of you fitly joined together. One's a hand, one's an eye, one's an ear, but they all have a purpose. They all have a purpose. You see that in, uh, in well, all, all throughout the epistles. Ephesians, uh, Ephesians and Colossians, I believe, are two, two epistles that speak of it specifically. 
natural truths teach spiritual truths. There, and there is a reason to why the way God has ordered the physical world to teach us those spiritual things. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcomes, to him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna. How do we overcome? Remember Christ, uh, it is faith that overcomes the world. The object of that faith, Christ said, fear not, I've overcome the world. The object of our faith is what overcomes the world. Christ, believing in Christ, trusting him, trusting his word, walking in his ways, overcomes the world. He that overcomes, he that will do what Christ says, he will give to eat of the hidden manna. Now, you remember, you remember what uh, uh, Christ said in John 6? Actually, let's, let's go there. John chapter 6, and verse 32, I believe that it is. Christ gives us some, some insight here. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So here, that manna, which remember uh, the, the Israelites, the reason it's called manna, is be, that's a transliteration from Hebrew. It means what is it? That, that's the translation from Hebrew. What is it? Manna, it's, they didn't know what it was, so they called it, what is it? They called it manna. Apparently it was taught in their day that Moses was the one that gave the manna. Christ said, it wasn't Moses that gave you manna. It was my Father from heaven. My Father from heaven giveth the true bread from heaven. Not only did, did God, was God the one that gave the manna, not Moses, but it is also God that gives the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he, it's not a thing. The manna pictured the Lord Jesus Christ in every way. We've, we've examined that in the past, in, in past messages. I, I believe I preached some three messages on Christ being the true bread from heaven. He, he, is, he is the true bread from heaven in every way, shape, and form. The manna pictured him in almost every, almost every instance except for one. The Israelites stopped feeding on the manna when they entered the promised land. You and I, when we cross the Jordan, when we enter the promised land, our, our consumption of manna will have only begun. We will be consuming manna. It is God's grace. It is what Christ did on our behalf that will sustain us throughout all eternity. If God could remove his grace, if God could remove what Christ did for us, at any point, we would, we, would, we would perish. We would be with, with everybody that he didn't die for in the lake of fire in, uh, after, after death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. But he can't, and he won't. He doesn't change his mind. He doesn't repent like we do. He doesn't have to. His way is perfect. But here, Christ is the true bread from heaven. So he will give to them to eat of the hidden manna. Christ is hidden. Do you know that Christ is hidden until God is pleased to reveal him? Until, some, until, the, until God opens someone's eyes, they will never see Christ. It isn't something that we can make them do. We can, we can give them every teaching in the world. 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2.14 
the, the natural man cannot understand the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolish. They are foolishness unto him. And I, I know that I'm a perfect example of that. I, saw, I, I sat under the preaching of the Word of God and phew, right over my head every time. Didn't care to know, didn't understand anything that was being taught. I never, some, some have asked me, did you ever find yourself fighting against what the pastor preached? No, I never even understood anything he taught until my eyes were open, until Christ was revealed, until, I was, until, until the void that was in my heart was opened, until, until I could see that. It, it never made any sense. I never had any desire, and it never, nothing ever stuck. But to him that walks in the Lord's ways, to him, him that believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, he will give to eat of the, hid, of the hidden manna, Christ. Christ will, will be revealed and further opened, and he will give him a white stone. And this isn't something that we do, but at the games, at the Olympic games, they, they would give to the winners a white stone, and that is what they used to get into the winner's party, the winner's, the winner's circle at the end of the games. And on that white stone was a name written that, only, that no man knew, saving he that receives it. So there will be a, a, a name that not even that person knew until they received that white stone. You, everybody here knows my name. Everybody knows each other's names. But there must be a different name. That will be written. I don't know what that name is. We'll know. We'll find out. That white stone to enter into the the the, the part the winners party, the overcomers party. I guess we could. I guess we could call it. A great promise is given there. <clears throat> so there, while they have done many good things, while they have done many good many good works, not denying the Lord's faith holding fast to his name, they have some things that they need to change. They have, they have some people that, that are in the darkness that are on the church roll, that are, that are not just among the local body, that not just meet when the local body meets, but they are actually members of the church, and they need to be removed, the Lord tells them. For, and he gives reasons for that. But he, he, gives, he grants a promise to them, to them that, that believes and walks in his ways, to them that overcome, he will give to eat of the hidden manna and a white stone, a, a, an entrance into uh, the party of the overcomers. He has a message for the church at Thyatira, beginning in verse 18. And unto the angel, or the messenger, of the church in Thyatira. Again, this is a, another local body, a, a true church of the Lord Jesus Christ, one that actually existed. <clears throat> right. These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. So again, he is, he is, he is uh, providing uh, authentication of who, the, who is speaking. It is the Son of God. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is, the, he is uh, one that his eyes are likened to a flame of fire, as we see in Revelation 1.11. Uh, that he, he's the first and the last. Uh, and he tells John what he, what he sees right in a book, right unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Uh, John describes him as his eyes as a flame of fire, where, 
where is that? It, either way, it's in, it's in chapter 1, uh, verse 15. His feet are like fine brass. He is describing himself, that they may know who it is that is, that is speaking these things, that he knows their works. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works. So he's mentioned their works twice, and the last to be more than the first. So they have more works now than they did at the first. That is, that is how, how Christians ought to be. When we were babes, babes don't do many things that are productive. They're awfully cute and sweet and angry. But we, and we love them dearly. But they don't do many productive things. As we get older, we do more and more and more productive, productive work. So, so, is our, our, so is our Christian life. Ought to be our Christian life. We grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We do, we do, we, we, we ought to be getting better, if you will. Uh, again, it's not by resolution. It's not by self-effort. It is by the Lord working in us to do that which is well-pleasing in his sight. It is, it is all the Lord's work in us. He that hath begun a good work in you will continue to perform that work until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will do all of these things. They, just, just like has been described, they, they had increased their productive work for the Lord. He knew their works and charity and service and faith and patience. 1 Thessalonians has a, a similar reading. Paul knew, Paul knew uh, what the Thessalonians had done. In verse 3 of chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians, he tells them that he remembers without ceasing their work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Here they have, they have uh, a similar a similar uh, uh, level of work as the Thessalonians in that, in that passage. They have charity or love, as an old English term for love, not only for, not only for God, but for the brethren, and for the works that God has, has given the brethren to do, and service or ministry, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first, notwithstanding, you've done many wonderful things, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed to idols. So they've done many, many wonderful things. But he has a few things against them, because they, they suffer, they permit that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess. Now, I don't think that, again, you're getting my opinion. I don't think that there was actually a woman named Jezebel in, as a member of the, of the church at Thyatira. I believe that the Lord is pulling from the Old Testament type, Jezebel, and placing that name upon her. I do not know what, what her name might have been. Maybe, maybe it is Jezebel, and the, the Lord, through his providence, worked that her name was the same as the Old Testament type. Jezebel, for she, she does the same things that Jezebel did. Second Kings will, will teach you, and the end of First Kings will teach you many things about how wicked that woman was 
a wicked, wicked woman. Ahab, a wicked man, was weak. Do you know that Jezebel ran him? <clears throat> Jezebel was the one that, that ran the show. When he, when, uh, um, anybody remember that man's name that wouldn't give the land over to Ahab when he asked for it? Abel? 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 Nabal, that's right. Uh, Naboth. Yes. Um, uh, I don't have that passage uh, in front of me. Well, the, the marginal reading, 1 Kings 16.31. Let, let's go there so we can see some of what was, what was discussed. 1 Kings 16 and 31. It came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that, took, uh, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. Jezebel, her father being named after Baal, after, after the, the false idol Baal, she worshipped Baal. She had many prophets of Baal and supported them with, with uh, the government's money. The government was funding false idols. And she, she no doubt was the one that brought, that brought that in. Ahab should have never married her. They weren't to marry outside, outside, of, uh, outside of Israel. And here he chooses, uh, he chooses Jezebel. Jezebel was uh, the one who swore that she would... Um, uh, that, that she would kill Elijah after Elijah had killed all of her prophets, after Elijah had had all of her prophets killed. Remember, he, 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 that's one of my favorite passages in the scriptures, the showdown between Baal and Jehovah, who is the true God. And they, they, Elijah gives them all day to call upon their God. They're, they're acting like crazy people. Dancing, shouting, crying, cutting themselves, just working themselves, uh, working themselves weary. No doubt they were tired. And he says, keep, keep calling on your God. Maybe he's, maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's tired. Maybe he's on a journey. He's, he must be busy. That, that is one of my personal favorite, favorite passages uh, of, of the scriptures. So, so much sarcasm, so much mockery. And the wicked have no heart for it. The Babylon Bee is one of those, they do the same thing. And it is, it is hilarious to see. Now they, they, do some, they do some things that I don't agree with. But uh, the, the mockery of the wicked, they can't take it. They can't take mockery. They, they seem to mock God all day long. And we ought to be not deceived. God isn't mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. Uh, who, uh, Mr. Newsom, Newsolini, as I've as I've heard uh, heard him referenced, he will get what's coming to him. Putting putting the Lord's words, saying that the Lord would support abortion, support the murder of children. It is not an abortion; a miscarriage is is actually where the term abortion comes from. A miscarriage. It is murder. Of the, of the unborn is exactly what that is. Him saying that it's loving your neighbor to allow them to murder the unborn. He will get, he will get what's coming to him. 
Jezebel was the same way, mocking, mocking the Lord God, putting to death Naboth and his, and his boys so that she could then hand the land. Ahab wanted the land, and he came and cried and wouldn't eat. Oh, Naboth won't give me his land. Jezebel said, give me, give me, your, give me your seal. I'll go, I'll go take care of it for you. She was the one that ran the show. Ahab was a weak man, a weak man. Jezebel was the, a, a wicked, wicked woman. She sought to run the show, same way with this woman. She, she sought to run the show and to teach. And we, I believe we're all of one mind understanding that the scriptures do not allow a woman to teach men. And it's not a cultural thing as, it is, as that is taught. Oh, that was just a cultural thing. He goes back to creation, not, not culture. Paul goes back to creation, that it, was, that it was Eve that was deceived, and Adam chose to sin. Adam knew that it was wrong to eat of that tree. Adam chose to eat of that tree. Here, Jezebel is one that has usurped authority and is teaching, teaching the, the local church in Thyatira to do uh, seducing God's servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. The same thing that was, that was being taught uh, to the previous church. Hey, we're, I know we're not supposed to do this, but I know you have an issue with it, but you need to do it. You've got to do this. I, I, know it, I know it would harm your conscience, but we need to do this. This is, this is part of worship. We've got to worship these other gods with our God. Committing fornication, uh, again, it is my opinion. You get further down, I think that this is talking about spiritual fornication, worshiping of other, of other gods. It, I don't believe it is, it is the physical fornication. For the physical fornication, uh, again, is one of, those, one of those physical truths that mirrors spiritual truths. We do not, we cannot worship God alongside other idols. It is not possible. Our God will not allow it. He is the only true God, and he is not to be placed next to a false God. Remember, remember when the Ark of the Covenant was brought into, uh, brought into uh, the land of the Philistines and placed next to their God? Um, Dagon. Dagon. And the Lord had him bow down. The first, the first night had their God, Dagon, bow down to the Ark of the Covenant. And the next day he cut his head off and his, and his hands off and still had him bow down. And then cast, uh, 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 cast hemorrhoids to the land of the Philistines. And they, they understood whose hand was against them. It's the hand of the Lord, the hand of Jehovah. We need to give this ark to Gershom, uh, another, another city, that they may share in our misery. For misery loves company. We need, ha- we need to have other people suffer with us. Our God will not be set next to idols. Idolatry is one of the sins that God will not allow his people. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, you, you see, um, among other things, Christians like to harp on two of those. But there, I don't know, I haven't counted the number of things, but covetousness, idolatry, uh, uh, drunkenness, th- those are all in the same list. God will not allow his people to fall into those things permanently. We may fall into those things uh, from time to time, and we're going to be sorely chastised for them. For even David, saved man, was a murderer, and he was sorely chastised for what he had done. But God will not allow us to stay there. He will not allow us to stay there. 
these, uh, Jezebel was teaching, teaching God's people to stay there, that this is something we have to do. We're three minutes past time, so we'll, we'll, pick, up, we'll pick up there. We'll, we'll finish verse 20 uh, here in a few weeks, next, next time I'm back. Thank you for your time and attention this morning.